0: This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. David Hooper with you, and this is the podcast about building an audience, spreading your message, making more money with your message, increasing your reach. If you want to grow your podcast, you are in the right place. I just completed 500 episodes. This is 501 of Build a Big Podcast. And I thought this would be a good opportunity for me to go over some of the lessons that I've learned. What a lot of podcasters do is when they reach a milestone episode like this, they get their friends to send in messages of congratulations like this. This is the big podcast supercomputer. And I'm the big podcast supercomputer's wife. And I'm the big podcast supercomputer's mistress. Congratulations on 500 episodes of Build, Build the big a Big Podcast. podcast. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I think that's nice. Don't get me wrong. I think it's good to note the little wins in life. But at the same time, you've got to put that in perspective. Musician story for you. Christopher Cross. Remember him? Not Chris Cross. Christopher Cross. He was a huge artist in the early 80s. If you don't know that name, you'll know the song. Sailing was the big hit. It's a yacht rock kind of thing. Also a duet with Michael McDonald, Ride Like the Wind. You've heard that. Such a long way to go. That's the Michael McDonald part. When Sailing came out, it was everywhere. That album had a few singles. And during that time, remember, this is big radio. Back when radio ruled the music that we listened to, right before MTV, about 79, 80, you could not go anywhere without hearing one or more of the songs off that album. And the Grammys acknowledged that. Record of the year, Sailing, Album of the Year. It was called Christopher Cross, self titled. Song of the Year, Sailing, Best New Artist of the Year. So fast forward to the 90s, I'm doing an event with him. So we're hanging out, we're talking about his career and somebody asked him about the Grammys because again, this guy seemed to come out of nowhere and he just swept the whole thing. And I didn't know this story, but the way I remember it was that Chris had made a big award wall in his house. And you've probably seen that if you've seen musicians interviewed, maybe you've been to Graceland in Memphis where Elvis lived. And there's gold record after gold record and platinum record after platinum record. And apparently he had done the same thing. He'd made this award wall and there's these cabinets and there's spotlights on the awards from that year, basically making a big deal about everything. But then he had a change of heart and he did just the opposite. He took down everything, put all the awards in the closet. That's the story. And this guy at the event asked him about that. He said, what's the deal there? And I don't remember all the details, but I do remember the ending because it's influenced me since. Basically, what he said was this. I eventually took the awards back out of the closet. I put them next to the other awards that my family had. Now they're on the same shelf as my kid's baseball trophy, my wife's certificate for the PTA, that kind of thing. Basically, found some perspective. He acknowledged that he had won these awards, but there are other people winning awards at the things that they do as well. And those were just as important to him and his family. But what did he do after that? Well, I'm seeing him in the 90s. That's because he kept making music. Have you heard it? Probably not as much as Sailing, unless you're a fan. I can't think of any of the songs. But that's not the point. The point is musicians make music. I love that. Because I think it's a real gift to be able to do what you want to do in life. And that's what I feel is the best part of awards. They can get you the attention that you can leverage to keep doing what you're doing. Significant milestones are similar. So here we are, 500 episodes in. I could do a press release, I could write an article that gets passed around, I could get some people to interview me and have me tell them what I'm about to tell you. I could reach out to all my buddies, like that joke I made at the beginning, I could say, hey, can you congratulate me for 500 episodes? That would be really cool. Basically, bring in the hype machine, make this appear to be a bigger deal than maybe it is. I mean, it's significant, right? Let's acknowledge that. But there are a lot of podcasts that make 500 episodes. So, like Christopher Cross, the best thing that I think I can do right now is to keep going. And I'm going to share with you the lessons that I've learned from the experience of 500 episodes on this podcast. Hopefully, you're going to find something from these and you can use them for your podcast to get to 500 episodes. Maybe you're at 500 episodes. You want to go beyond that. And just for the record, where 500 comes in as far as my career, I have no idea how many episodes I've actually done. Podchaser, I think, has 2,500 right now, 500 episodes of this podcast. But, you know, there are other podcasts and other things that I'm working on. So it's a big deal. But, you know, again, I'm trying to be really honest about where it is in perspective. I think sometimes we come up with these numbers and maybe they're social media followers or likes or whatever. I see it all the time at events. You think about Trump's inauguration, like, I had the biggest event. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Some people really like numbers, you know? Side note, I'm just gonna say this because (laughs) it's a memorable thing about numbers. (laughs) I knew a dude, he had a musician organization. This is back when I'm really entrenched in music, not just broadcasting about it. And I'm going to all these events and I'm on a panel. And this guy was really proud of the number of people he had in his organization. He said, hello, my name is blah, blah, blah. and My organization is blah, blah, blah. And we have 10,000 members. And he goes to the next person on the panel and she said, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. And my organization is blah, blah, blah. And we have 11,000 members. <laughs> and I saw her afterwards. I said, you don't have 11,000 members. She goes, no, no. <laughs> I just just wanted to one up this guy because he doesn't have 10,000 members. That's ridiculous. I think sometimes You know, maybe we think we're fooling people when we get into these numbers. I had so many likes and so many impressions and whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. Are you making impact, man? Are you talking to the people that you're broadcasting to? That's what I judge a successful podcast on. So maybe that's lesson one. Forget the lesson one I was going to tell you, the one I've got written down here in my notes. Maybe it's just impact. Maybe we just forget the numbers. But anyway, let's get to it. Let's take it back five years ago. This is when I started the podcast. That's how long it's taken me to do 500 episodes. And just to give you an idea of where I was at that time in my podcasting and broadcasting career, that was about 12 years into me taking it seriously, but 25 years since I'd first set foot in a radio station. And I say that to say, I went into this with eyes open. It wasn't like I hadn't been around the block before. It wasn't like I didn't know what I was doing, but there's still some things that I learned and that's why I'm bringing this up on this episode. The first big thing that I did, this is lesson number one, I jumped in. This podcast was 100% one of those fire ready aim things. Long story short, it started out as a fluke. I was not planning on making a podcast about podcasting. I was podcasting about the music industry and I had another marketing podcast called Red at the time. It started out as real entrepreneur development. It's a podcast for marketing people. But back to this podcast, NAPOD POMO, you've heard me talk about it, 30 episodes in 30 days every November. It's similar to the National Novel Writing Month. Basically, you've got a goal. You go, 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 go in November. And at the end of that, hopefully you've got a certain number of words or in this case, a certain number of podcasts. And I joined in the middle of the month. I didn't even know about NAPOD POMO, or maybe I did, but I didn't think about getting in on it. And then I was like, eh, you know, this seems kind of fun. Joined the 15th of the month, meaning that if I was going to finish it, I was gonna to have to do two a days, two episodes a day for 15 days to get that 30 in. And meaning that since I was behind, I needed to jump in. So I jumped in without a plan. I already had the company Big Podcast, I was transitioning that way. So I just called it Big Podcast Daily. I was gonna do it daily, I was gonna do it for a couple of weeks, then I was done. Each episode is a tip for growing your audience and otherwise building your podcast, very similar to what this podcast is now. But I remember thinking at the very beginning, I thought, you know, this is a solo thing, maybe five or six minutes for one at the time I was doing it daily. And I thought, you know, five or six minutes, I don't have that much time to devote to this. So I can't do too much, especially if I'm going to edit. I did finish it out 30 episodes in 15 days and I kept it up. I think I did about 180 episodes or so before I got sick of the daily episodes, not sick of the daily episodes, but just exhausted. And I think the audience was exhausted as well. You might be on a daily podcast, not like daily news. There are a couple of daily news podcasts that are maybe, I don't know, five or 10 minutes, let me know what's going on in the world without getting completely sucked into the news cycle. I find that helpful. But as far as podcasting tips, you know, very few people take podcasting that seriously. And that's a lesson there is that if you are going for a high frequency with your episodes, you can easily burn out an audience. And what happens when you do that is that these episodes keep stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking on top of each other. And you'll overwhelm an audience or definitely overwhelm certain people within that audience. Like, ugh, I give up. Just too much work. You might've seen people do this on the diet. You're trying to cut calories, eat healthier, watch what you eat. And they'll start the day with five chocolate eclairs. Like, ah, why not make it 10? (laughs) You know? completely give up on that day. Maybe even that week, Ah, I'll just start all over again. Or maybe they don't start over at all. And the same thing can happen to your podcast when you completely overload the audience that you're serving. Eventually, the name changed. Obviously, this is called Build a Big Podcast now. I did that one because I wanted the freedom of not doing daily episodes, but also because the name Big Podcast Daily, that didn't really explain what it is that I do on this podcast. Big podcast, it's kind of a you know generic term, like, hey, is it just a very popular podcast? Do they have a lot of listeners? People didn't know what it meant when I said big podcast by itself. It could be grow a big podcast, but it's not as obvious as if I said grow a big podcast. And for the record, I said build a big podcast because that implies you doing action. I think it's more accurate. And also B comes before G, in the alphabet. So if you're naming your podcast, another lesson to throw in there for you, consider having a title where it starts earlier in the alphabet. Not every directory is alphabetically ordered, but a lot of them still are, and a lot of them give you that option. Another thing that I figured out was episode art. When I was doing two a days, or I was doing one episode a day with Big Podcast Daily, when you download a lot of episodes in your feed or even if you're looking at a podcast on the web and you're seeing the same artwork every single time, it is difficult for people to remember, did I listen to this episode or did I listen to that episode? If they're going back or trying to share the episode, one of the things that I did and that I still am doing today is I took the logo. So it's very obvious what the podcast is when it comes through your feed, but I changed the background. And I've got, I feel like I've got 120 different images. I think I did 30 and then I wanted to rotate it. Then I did 60. And then there was another round of an additional 60 episode images that I can do. So every time you come to this podcast, you are going to see different episode art. One of the things that makes it interesting to listen to a podcast, just like listening to a person, if you think listening to me as a host, it's what we call vocal variety. If I was very monotone, hello everybody, and you just talk like this and do it the whole time, That's not very interesting. So what I can do is I can talk louder and I can talk quieter and I can change the aspects of my voice. Having different voices on your podcast can keep people engaged as well. Changing the episode art keeps people engaged, but you want to have that motif so they know what it is, but you want to have that art in general just a little bit different. So it keeps people just a bit more engaged, paying a little bit more attention. And the same thing with the imaging that I use and the same thing that I use with the imaging on this podcast. I come in right away, you hear a different audio clip, but you always hear the guy, big podcast, that's it. That lets you know, if you're listening to your car, you're not looking at your phone, you're not looking at a screen, that this is me coming in even before I announce myself. Just to expand on this, this is really big because just like people will use the same episode artwork, one of the things that people will do is they have an introduction to their podcasts. And these introductions, they have recorded them once, and they press play, or they attach them on the front end of a podcast. You See where I'm going with this? It's the exact same thing. So what do we do with that? With our podcast players, we say, all right, I know this introduction on this podcast is 30 seconds, we skip it. And that's a time when you are not getting your branding in, that's a time when you are not getting your personality in, that's a time when you're missing connection with people. This is another reason to change things up, do live reads. That's the other big lesson here. Change it up, keep people engaged by giving them something different yet similar. You don't want to be the hamburger joint selling fried chicken. People go to a hamburger joint because they want hamburgers, but you can change things up. Maybe throw a pineapple on there. a pickle. I don't know. Change it up. That's the point. Speaking of changing, one of the things that I have done and I had this when I started, I had a home studio, which is basically a tricked- out closet. It's a five by eight room, forty square feet. At the time, I was using an old laptop that Dell had given me. They wanted me to promote it. They sent me a laptop. I said, great, that'll work for the studio. And it did. I had different microphones, different outboard gear, huge mixer in here. The studio space itself right now, if you're curious, it's more or less a room within a room. I've got a basic closet that is filled, all four walls, with 12 by 12 foam. And on top of that, this is the room within a room element. I have built a second wall made out of rock wool panels. Rock wool is sound insulation. It is very dense. It is actually perfect sound absorbency. Those foam squares that I'm talking about, these are the things that you can get on Amazon. I don't know, they're two or three bucks each. They're not much. Those are .6, so 60% efficiency. Rock wool, on the other hand, is 1.05. So it is beyond perfect sound absorbency. And I have six massive panels that have more or less boxed this room in. In addition to behind those panels, the foam, and also a ton of industrial packing blankets. So this thing is dense. That's the room that I'm working in. As far as the equipment, speaking into an RE20 mic by Electrovoice, I'm going into a cloud lifter. That goes into a DBX-286S, which is another preamp, but the preamp isn't working really hard because of that cloud lifter. I've got a noise gate. I've got a little bit of EQ on it. I've got a compressor. That goes into a Focusrite 2i2. And again, because of the cloud lifter and also because of the preamp that I've got on the DBX, that Focusrite isn't having to work very hard at all as far as its preamp. And that goes into an iMac. That is how I'm recording. The software on the iMac, Audacity. I'm old school, man. I've been using it for 20 years. It's open source. I love the punk rock element of it that anybody can get this software for free and make a podcast with it. Very empowering. I edit in Isotope RX. That basically removes the mouth clicks, the plosives, makes my voice sound just a little bit better, sweetens it up just a little bit, take things through Alphonic, which is at auphonic.com. That compresses the file, does a little bit of a tweak on it, double-checks the levels, adds the episode artwork. That's the process of recording this podcast. Everything that you hear from me, by the way, is edited. If you're curious about how much I edit right now on the clock, For the raw tape, I'm at 2730. Big Podcast Supercomputer, give me a time check. This is the Big Podcast Supercomputer with a courtesy time check. The time on this episode is 17 minutes. Approximately 38% of the raw tape for this episode has been removed so far. So that's how much I've taken off. I know I've been throwing a lot of little lessons that I've learned over the last 500 episodes, but I'm going to call this number two, the second big lesson. Your listeners want you to succeed. Something that I see a lot from podcasters is that they get frustrated when listeners write in and offer suggestions or just don't like something. Your answer's like, well, this podcast isn't for you. And that's true. You have to know who you are and what you do. Your podcast is not for everybody. And sometimes people will come to you and they will complain And that's because the podcast simply isn't a match for them or they're not a match for the podcast, however you want to look at that. But I think podcasters often miss the fact that when people do write in, it's because they care. And because we're so close to our work, I just did an episode on this a few episodes back. If you don't have this, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe, that will get you on the feed. You can go back a few episodes and we'll talk about this more. But a lot of podcasters being so close to our work We get frustrated that people don't see and experience the creation of the podcast like we do. And because of that, we experience the podcast in a different way. And that leads us to be dismissive of their comments. I had a guest come through for the music business show. This is maybe 10, 15 years ago. And they had done an independent film. It had a lot of music in it. I feel like one of the actors may have been a musician. But anyway, they were somehow connected to me these guys were in town for a film festival. They gave us tickets and the producer and I went. Now my producer, also an actor, he was in a movie called The People vs. Larry Flint about Larry Flint from Hustler Magazine. He co-starred in another movie with Sherman Helmsley, you know, George Jefferson. <laughs> so he's done a lot of acting in his time. He's the guy who whistles the Corona song. Have you ever seen the Corona Christmas ad? I think it's just an island. And it's this breeze and you hear the water coming in and you hear a sh- 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 some guy giving a bad whistle. It's funny because they had hired him to play music on this thing. And he was in the studio kind of humming, whistling the melody. And instead of playing, he was too good of a guitarist. <laughs> this is Nashville for you. <laughs> the engineer and the producer are like, that's it. That's it we're using the whistle. You're too good of a guitarist. We're trying to make it look like it's just some guy hanging out on the island. So anyway, they've been using this ad for 20-something years. But to take it back to the film, this man has been in acting for a long time. He has been in production for a long time. And we're watching this film, and I'm like, eh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. He goes, no, man, this is actually really good. What you saw, the shots, the cinematography, how they set this thing up, this is not amateur hour. They put a lot of time into this. They brought some good people. Maybe the script wasn't great, but this is actually a pretty good film. That's my point, is that you've got a guy like me who doesn't understand film, but I know story, and I know something good when I see it, except for this, maybe. (laughs) And he knew the ins and outs of it, so he was able to appreciate it in a different way. With us as podcasters, Go back to me talking about this equipment. When I talk about an RE20, it's like, oh, an RE20. Yeah, you've got appreciation for that. You understand a Focusrite 2i2 or a cloud lifter or a compressor or a noise gate. You understand those things. And maybe you can hear all these things. Maybe you can hear some of them or maybe none of them. But regardless, you're more familiar with the concept of coming up with a podcast and what it takes to get one out than the average listener. And you're definitely that way on your own podcast. So when it comes to feedback, I do think we have to look at who is it that's giving us this feedback, but also be open to the fact that hopefully we are reaching an audience that's not just professionals, not just people who are at the level that we're at when it comes to podcasting. We want to reach a consumer audience with our podcast, not just other podcasters, not just professionals. By the way, to take it back to the Grammy Awards, Christopher Cross, one of the reasons why the Grammys is such a big deal is because you are voted on by your peers. Those people, in theory, the recording academy, that's who people are thinking when they think the academy, those guys know more about music than the average person. So it's kind of bougie, but it's true. And I know you can connect with that. Because if somebody comes up to you and they give a compliment to your podcast and they're a fellow podcaster, they get what you had to go through to make that happen. But don't write off the consumers though. Don't write off the listeners. Those guys are also a big part of your podcast and they want your podcast to be successful. Big lesson number three, keep showing up. Talked about my background in the entertainment business here, specifically music. Let me give you a very common trajectory for bands. You're going to connect with this. First part of a music career is you're on the come up, meaning you're figuring things out. You're building momentum. Second part, in theory, you build some heat, maybe a lot of heat. Third part, the come down. And sometimes this gets to the point where nobody will touch you. You're uncool, you're has-beens, or whatever word you want to use. But still, if you've had some level of heat, you're going to have a core audience. You might call them super fans. Those guys are going to stick with you. I'm doing an interview this week with a guy who was big in the 90s. Big Country act, still doing sixty to a hundred dates a year. If I said the name, maybe you know him, maybe you don't. It doesn't matter. There's a million guys like this. They got a bus. They're still going out. They're still making money. Dude's not broke. People are still calling him. That was thirty years ago, when they were hot. So consider that. There's a come down, but the come down, you know, it's not too bad. People on the outside though, they're gonna look at you and they're gonna say, "Mm, "Who?" And that's a hard place because once you've tasted success or had money, or found true love or been hot, whatever, it's hard to lose it. I think the come up is easier. You see where you're going, like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And you're usually younger. You don't have as many years in. Once you get a taste of, and we're assuming you like it, how great it is and you think it's actually great because some people do walk away from this stuff and then you lose it, psychologically, that's a very hard thing. That's why you see a lot of reality television stars pimping themselves for any kind of attention. It is addicting. One day it's teen mom, the next day you're on vivid video. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Some people will do anything for attention. And we see this on social media. It's not just reality television. But here's what happens in the fourth phase. And this is why the big lesson here keeps showing up. The people who can stick out the awkward and uncomfortable phase to come down being a has-been. Nobody would on you if you were on fire. If you can stick out that phase, a switch flips. People see that you keep showing up and they cannot help but respect you, even if you're not hot. They think, man, this guy is hardcore. I love stories like this and I love when this happens. I think because when you see somebody who keeps showing up and at that point the fame is gone and it's not about the fame because it's not coming back, not at the level that it was because the game changes and you get older and the audience changes. It's because you really want to do it. I think that's why people respect acts like this. Same thing with your podcast. If you've been around for a long time, you keep showing up and you keep getting better and you keep having interesting guests that you're excited to talk about. You're not just phoning it in. You keep improving on your skills. That gets you respect. To wrap it up in a nice bow, it's very much like Christopher Cross. You keep showing up. You keep doing your thing. And I think part of that is what I'm trying to do here. Not getting caught up in the awards. If you get too caught up in the awards and you lose that, you lose the fame or whatever. It's like, "Mm." that's hard, man. Because that's not on you. What's on you, what you can control is your ability to show up your ability to love in whatever way that you're able to do that. So that's the biggest lesson here. Keep making podcasts. And again, keep trying new things, keep getting better, keep listening to the people who listen to you, all of that. So many guys, I've been podcasting since 2005. I was there in the beginning. Yeah, 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 me too, me too. But they're doing the same episodes that they were doing in 2005. And then they're going to make your arguments. Man, back in the day, You could just get a voice recorder, go on a walk and talk. You'd find your audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that audience is gone. They're listening to people who care. They're listening to people who are getting better. They're listening to people who respect their time. The world is moving. We need to move with it. Especially if you're like me, I'm 50 years old, man. Got these young kids coming up, these natives. They were born podcasting. (laughs) i see these kids on tiktok and things they know how to do it they know how to use an iphone because they grew up with iphones they know how to use microphones because they grew up with microphones when i started doing radio i was on the campus station there's a production room but a lot of people were using that production room so i had to sign my name all right i'll be here thursday at six had to plan for it you go in there you got to be out by seven recording to a real real tape Grease markers, and a razor blade when I made a mistake. Big Podcast Supercomputer, give me an update. This is the Big Podcast Supercomputer with a courtesy time check. The time on this episode is 27 minutes and 19 seconds. All right, right now where I am, just to compare, I'm 45 minutes in on this recording. Imagine if I'd had to go back through this and edit it with a razor blade. Wouldn't have happened, wouldn't have happened. But yet we've got these guys and they're basically saying, my God, I don't like digital editing. I wanna get a razor blade. That's how we've always done it. That's how we're always going to do it. Don't be that guy. Do not keep making podcast, keep moving forward. That's the big lesson. Hey, heads up on something I've got coming up. I'm working on a new program for podcasters who want to become better hosts. That's the number one thing that you can do to build a bigger audience. And when I say better hosts, just to be clear, it's not just vocal variety and being able to use a mic and be able to tweak your sound. It's not that. It's also organizing content, putting together your podcast in a way that people want to hear. The little things that we're talking about here, things like the different intros, the different voices. Anyway, I don't know when this thing is going to be ready to go. I'm trying to do it as quickly as possible. I would love to have it within the next month. Sometimes I get into projects, they become a little bit bigger than I realize in the outside though. You know, things change. Sometimes you think you're gonna get into the studio, get a guitar track. The dude's whistling, humming. He's like, oh, use that whistle. Let's do that. And then it's better. So that's what I tried to do. It takes a little bit more time, but I'm thinking about a month or so. If you wanna be updated on this, let me give you two ways to do it. The first thing that you can do, you can subscribe to this podcast. And that is at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got three buttons for you an iPhone button, an Android button, an RSS button. I have a QR code. If you scan it with your phone, it will put Build a Big Podcast on your phone. You can take me to the gym, take me in the car, take me wherever you want. It's an easy way to subscribe, but I've got three other easy ways to subscribe, all of them at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. The newsletter that I have, that goes out every Friday morning, New York time, that is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That is another way to keep in touch with me. Every week, I will send you updates on the podcasting industry and a lot of marketing information, things that you can do to grow your audience, get people more engaged with what you're doing, have a better podcast and build a bigger podcast. That is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you're thinking, oh my God, David, two calls to action. I'm confused now. This is not a good habit, right? You want one call to action bigpodcast.com. That's where to always find me. You can reach out to me there if you've got questions, comments, send them in, bigpodcast.com. Thanks for sticking out with me for 500 episodes. I'm going to be doing 500 more, maybe even 600 more. (laughs) I'm here for a while. I'm here. I'm on that fourth stage. I'm going to keep going and going and going as long as there are people listening. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I do not take it for granted. And I will see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.